welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of Mega Sketchbook. Thanks for tuning in. We are in the second month of 2021. And things just keep getting crazier. Things just keep getting crazy. Did anyone else buy GameStop stock? GameStop stock? GameStop stock? Isn't that crazy? So two weeks before GameStop blew up, you could buy a share for like 10 and some change, I think. And then the morning of Robinhood shutting down trading, it skyrocketed over $438. Can you imagine... I don't I, so I have a couple friends who work at Fidelity and I do not understand the math. I don't I don't understand math period. But I had asked but I asked him. So, okay. Let's say for example, I put $2,000 to 3 weeks before this whole thing blew up. How much money would I have made? He gave me some some math, and I, oh, dude, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't. But I know this. I know this much. Plenty of people banked, and I mean banked. A couple people. I read a few headlines that some people were able to pay off their school loans, their debt, and that's awesome. I wish I would have been paying attention. So you know what I did? I went on to Reddit, read through our Wall Street bets, and then. My friend that works at Fidelity sent me a link to sent me a link to R Class Action Robinhood. So I I mean I went down the rabbit hole after that. And so I'm gonna read you something from Reddit, the subreddit R Class Action Robinhood. Apparently this was someone from the inside that was you know, witnessing and, and experience experiencing this as it all went down. I cannot say that this is true. I cannot say that this... I can't say anything about this other than what I'm about to read you. From a user, Odin1919. Title, Robinhood Insider Information. I work for Robinhood. Don't kill me. Low-level, technical stuff. Comp science major, not financial side. Guess what we overheard today? Vladimir, yes, founder Vladimir, in the C-suite, received calls from Sequoia Capital in the White House that pressured into closing trading on GME. That's the GameStop stock. GameStop stock. I guarantee you the same took place at E-Trade and others who closed trading. File reports on SEC page. If I wasn't scared to be out of work in a pandemic, I'd quit. I'm disgusted. We all need to rise up. This is as bad as it gets when we talk about how the rich get one set of rules and the rest of us get screwed over and over and over again. Left to bail them out and pick up the tab for their trillion dollar tax breaks. We need to pile pressure on every government and financial institution involved in this travesty of justice. 
I'm taking a massive career risk even posting here. But blank these blank. Blank these blank. F these MFers. That's what that says. Wow. Blank these blank. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that something? And I'll just share with you what kind of math he sent me. Because, again, I don't get it. So he put buy 1,000 slash $10 equals 100 shares. So I guess 100 divided by 10 equals 100 shares. So you sell. No. No. I, I'm, dude, I don't even know. I don't even know how to read it. But Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban went ham. I'm going to read you his tweet. This was the morning of whenever trade shut down. So our Robinhood app and at IBKR, I don't know who that is, ending trading in hashtag Wall Street Bets stocks because they're losing, because they're losing on these trades, or maybe they don't have the cash to enable these trades at this scale. Anyone have any insight? This tweet was my favorite. Charles V. Payne, I don't know who you are, but... Uh, I like it. Pro tip, don't call yourself Robin Hood if you are going to turn your back on the folks in Sherwood Forest after one phone call to the sheriff of Nottingham. Ooh, thick burn. You know who else went ham? I don't know if anyone knows this guy. Founder of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. He was in it. I mean, like, he bought stocks. He made profit. Crazy. If anyone has time to listen to just anything he had to say on the subject, it was pretty good. The best, the best take I found on this was, give me a second here. I don't know how to, I don't think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but <clears throat> yeah, I think he's actually running for governor of California. Chamath Palihapi. Be Bali happy, Bali happy. Sorry, I'm not good at that. Um, I wish I could play the clip. It's it's essentially 30 minutes long. So Chamath had a full interview with CNBC, and CNBC continuously. Took it down, took it down, took it down, took it down. So much so that you can only find two or three minute clips. But you can find the full clip on Venmo. Well, not for a while. But you can find the full clip on Vimeo. God, it's so good. It, I mean, it just like literally speaks to how crazy... Oh, it's even taken down on Vimeo. I just checked. All right, hold up. I mean, it's like it's a serious interview, and if you can find it, watch it. Oh wait, hold up. I think I found it. All right, so I found it. You can find it on Vimeo. Um, if you just type in Chamath CNBC full interview, you'll find it. But I'm just gonna play a. Two minute and 45 second clip. Because, I mean, this is important. Um, I don't know a lot about stocks. Over the last year, I've tried to invest some. Uh, I bought stocks in, mostly in um, Bitcoin um, and a few other cyber coins. Um, you know, setting up 
a Roth IRA through Vanguard. Um, and at some point I had 14 shares of Starbucks. Um, if you can get into it at a minimum level and just sit back and watch, and I mean like penny stocks, just to get used to it. Now, yes, there are some instances where you can get rich quick, but I don't have the time, the resources, or the interest to sit there day after day after day. What I want to do is set up a retirement fund. So, all right. With that said, I'm just going to play this two-minute two and 45-second clip from Chamath during his CNBC interview. I think that what it proves is this retail phenomenon is here to stay. There are 2.7 million people inside of Wall Street bets. Um, I think that they are as important as any hedge fund or collection of hedge funds. And I think the most important thing is that in a world of zero interest rates and quantitative easing, I don't know how you can run a typical hedge fund strategy and make money anymore. Because, for example, when you looked at GameStop, you know, a normal person would say, how can you have 136% short interest? How can you be short 40% more shares than actually exist in the world? To a normal person, that doesn't make any sense. But to a Wall Street mathematician, that's the game that has been played for years. And that game came undone. Well, and I mean, so that, I that, 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 may be a, that, that may be somewhat of, a, of an extreme example. L let me just go through a couple of things you, you said here. Um, I have a hard time believing. I mean, you suggested that there's, you know, a good amount of fundamental research going on underneath the GameStop Reddit situation. Do, do you truly believe that? That there's actual you know, fundamental I, research, I, not to yeah, disparage I, in any way the, the people who are actually making these you, trades, you, but this seems are, to be momentum rather than no, a deep come, fundamental okay. analysis. Scott, there's momentum in traditional hedge funds and how they move stocks as well. But it's really disparaging if you, the starting position is these guys can't do the same quality of research as an analyst in a fund. That's just not true. I didn't say they that. All, I didn't, say, I didn't say they can't do that kind of research. I'm questioning whether they're actually doing the research when it comes to things like GameStop and there, AMC there, and, and some of these uh, other things. There's a distribution. And obviously at one end, there are fundamental analysts. But on the other end, there are momentum traders that follow trends. But by the way, the dirty little secret of Wall Street is that exists in hedge fund land. The reason why this GameStop trade has caused so much pain is because at the top of the pecking order was Melvin Capital. Those guys were incredible stock pickers. They are incredible fundamental modelers of companies. Okay, the, Gabe Plotkin is one of the sort of giants of our era, of my era, right? But at the end of the day, what happens is, irrespective of what he puts on, his trades are mimicked and copied by umpteen other hedge funds that follow along. Nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. So again, I am not into this enough to fully break down what exactly goes on, um, how this works, how everything is moved, manipulated, all that stuff. While as soon as Robinhood and other platforms uh, halted trading on that subreddit that I mentioned, Class Action Robin, uh, Class Action Robinhood. There was a live discussion going on, and I mean, it was like 
I mean, thousands of people in this live discussion. And you could see, you could see everyone pushing for another stock. So it's crazy to see this live change going. I don't know if anyone um, has heard of Dogecoin. It's just another um, uh, virtual coin like Bitcoin. But in a matter of minutes, so Dogecoin, like two minutes before, two minutes before, um, so Dogecoin, just a few minutes after GameStop was halted, I mean, it rose so much. Granted, it's very cheap to buy, but if you get in early enough and you put down enough money, you can make quite a bit. So before GameStop was halted, Doge was valued at 0.0080. Okay, that's US dollars. Minutes later, it went from 0.0080 to 0.0216. I mean, it's skyrocketed more than it's ever been, but that's because thousands of people decided to buy all at once. So I asked my friend who works at Fidelity, um, if I put it this simply, is this correct? All right, so, so theoretically speaking, let's just say that if I go onto our stocks or our stonks or Wall Street bets or any other platform and I rally thousands of people together, just like those weird, uh, <laughs> like impromptu dances where, remember those were so, remember those were so popular in like 2017. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, maybe 2013. Dang. When was, um, the Harlem Shake, super popular. If you go to like, what was that called? Oh my gosh. It was when they bum rushed and they just did dance out of nowhere. Um, the Harlem Shake uh, phenomenon where just like thousands of people would just do this. Anyway, so theoretically speaking, if I convince thousands of people all at once to invest in, let's say, Toys R Us, could we make... A lot of money if enough people did it so let's say for example let's say let's say Toys R Us is two dollars a share it's a dead company right so is GameStop GameStop's gonna die regardless but theoretically speaking let's say that Toys R Us is at two dollars a share and then thousands of people invested and drove up drove up prices by putting in more money and that they drove up to the same price as GameStop, 438, 460, whatever it was. And then I originally put down $2,000 before it, it shot up. That would be an insane return on investment. In a nutshell, that's, I mean, that's theoretically how it is. So basically, Wall Street bet, all right, these bets are called shorts put shorts on GameStop because they knew GameStop was it was failing regardless. So they bet that it was going to fail in a certain amount of time. And people, I mean, people love GameStop. You got to understand, if anyone or anything, any entity, government, education, whatever, tries to go up against 
a large mob on the internet, they will fail. The internet is the wild, wild west, man. And you're messing with nostalgia, okay? Thousand. Uh, so first, I thought it was a troll. I thought this was just like weird. Um, I mean, it just it blew my mind because I was watching it happen in real time and reading all these people who were just crazy. And I, I mean, I have an account with Robinhood. Um, the first day, the day that it happened, that they halted trading, they said nothing about it. Um, you just got a regular email as normal. They, I mean, they send out weekly emails. Um, and then the follow-up, the follow-up was absurd. The headline of the email, why we had to take action. This is from Robinhood. Uh, H1 element, a note from Robinhood. Hi, Jonathan. Hello. Hi, Jonathan. We wanted to reach out to you after a transformative week in the markets to answer a question we know many of you are asking. Why did Robinhood limit certain stocks? We understand that the temporary limits we placed on certain stocks this past week were frustrating for many, especially since we built Robinhood to expand access to investing. We have always sought to put our customers first, and we want you to be able to invest on your own terms. To help explain what happened and why we had to take action, we wrote a letter to our customers. Um, the letter is a link uh, where it says a letter to our customers. And I'm not going to read into it, but it's very PR. It's very, very PR. Um, so there is a huge class action lawsuit. And what I don't know or don't understand, but it seems to be that it is not justified and what they did is illegal. I don't know. I mean, going back to the, the letter from the guy who works supposedly in Robin Hood, he mentioned the White House. But even if that's true, I mean, there's no way the White House would get in trouble for it. And what does that mean, the White House? Who? Who in the White House? It, it was nuts. It was just nuts to be able to read it. And it was nuts to be able to read that live as it was happening. It was crazy. Didn't affect me any. Now, if I had stock and I saw it go through the roof, then, you know, me talking about this would be a little different. Secondly, did y'all hear? That Jeff Bezos, the second richest man on earth, is stepping down as CEO of Amazon. I read that headline yesterday. That's crazy. 2021 is shaping up to be just an exciting year. Wow. It makes me wonder who's going who's gonna to go up next. I think, I mean, there has to be some sort of candidate in mind or... Just a quick Google search. The answer to my question is Andy Jassy. I don't know who Andy Jassy is. Let's find out. Who, who is Andy Jassa? Jassa. J-A-S-S-Y. Who's Andy Jassa? Wow, even when you Google his name, his headline is already CEO of Amazon Web Services. 
literally just says a businessman. <laughs> Jatha. Well, good luck to you, Indy Jatha. Ew, jeez. <laughs> I scroll down <laughs> and there's like clickable links uh, or clickable drop down. Is Andy Jatha a billionaire? <laughs> and <laughs> it says, and he's still not a billionaire. <laughs> wow. How whiny. Oh, I'm not. I, you know what? I'm not a billionaire. I don't even know what I would do with the billion dollars. I would probably just send emails to Andrew Johnson all the time and be like, hey, guess what? You're still not a billionaire, but I am Andrew Johnson. I guess the more that I think about it, I would probably just do everything that I wanted to. I guess the more appropriate question would be, what wouldn't you do? I keep thinking about the question posed by Alan Watts. What, essentially, how would you approach life if life, if money were no option, were no object? But that isn't a good question because the, the motivation here is winning a billion dollars. I don't know what that is after tax, but I'm pretty sure you're set for life if you're not stupid and you spend everything all at once. I think the first place that I would go is Switzerland. There is a hotel... Okay, so over over quarantine, I've been really obsessed with watching pretty much like walkthroughs of hotels or like there are YouTube channels and videos dedicated to like two hour tours of like Italy or France. And they're literally no words are said. They just walk for hours in the town. And the reason why I got started on this, the reason why I got hooked on this is because a year ago, we were in, a year ago, January, we were in Venice. And then I started reminiscing about the trip, all the things that I missed, all the things that I wanted to do, comparing it to this year. And then I started watching YouTube videos just Venice, just walking around Venice, all the attractions and all the stuff like that. Saw some things that when we go back, I want to go check out pretty much. And then it's, and then it pretty much spiraled into just me watching like hotel reviews. <laughs> There's a YouTube channel that I watch like pretty much every week. It's called the Luxury Travel Expert. So. And he has about 739,000 subscribers. Like he had posted a travel hotel review yesterday and it already has 6.2 thousand views. The first video that I stumbled upon his was a review of a hotel in Switzerland called the Chidi. And I've watched it like probably five times. I was just so into it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I want to go when quarantine is over <laughs> it is so freaking nice i've never skied before but i will a thousand percent ski on that trip so i guess if i won a billion dollars i'd probably just travel more like way more that's also supposing that i'm not a billionaire because of business and i had to work all the time what would you do if you won a billion dollars on the lottery. You guys remember some kid won the $1 billion 
lottery ticket. I don't even know what happened to that guy. He was in the news. He posted it on Instagram and then like disappeared. I don't blame him. I would too. Speaking of travel videos, so because this luxury travel expert inspired me, when my wife and I went back to uh, Unico this year, um, essentially because Americans can really only go a few places, they can't go, we can't go to a lot of places. I don't say, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I'm saying we or they, we, because I'm American. <laughs> Americans can't go a lot of places because of quarantine and because essentially we refuse to do a proper lockdown. When I went back to Unico with my wife, I did like a little tour video uh, and it is the fourth most popular review of that spot and on YouTube. It's kind of neat. If you just go to my channel on YouTube and you'll see it. I mean, it has 3,600 views, which is not like a lot, but the top one has 25,000 reviews. And then right below that has 7.2 thousand reviews. Again, it's quarantine. I'm trying to keep myself busy. I'm trying to keep my mind going. So why I started this podcast, and it's and it's why I started filming random videos. Like when we went to Europe, I have like hours worth of stuff that I filmed because in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful, and I want to and I want to look back on it later. I never thought about compiling into a YouTube video and just putting it out there, but I have the time, I have the footage, I might as well. And honestly, it will free up space because essentially what I'm gonna do is post it and then delete the content or save it on an external drive. I really hope quarantine is over soon. I know the vaccine is about to come out. It's already rolling out. Two phases for most people. It's not widely available yet. But I'm going to wager that quarantine will probably be, I'm going to wager that we won't be out of quarantine until probably the end of this year. I don't foresee anything going back to quote unquote normal for the next year and a half, maybe two years. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Mega Sketchbook. Don't forget, this weekend, Sunday, February 7th, is Super Bowl. I don't watch sports. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to probably watch the game because why not? I'm going to guess whoever is wearing the most yellow is going to win. <laughs> That's about as much as I know. All right, guys. Catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.